You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tuesday's edition. So glad to have you with us today. I am excited about today. How are you doing? I want you to make sure you get settled and tag a friend and let them know we're going live in a few moments. Listen, I decided to teach on healing because I wanted us to be hearing something different than just about the pandemic and about the virus and about hospitalizations and about all these different kinds of things. We want to talk about health and long life and all that. Faith comes by hearing. So it's going to be great today. It's going to be a, a great time in the Word. And I want you to share it. I want you to make sure others can hear it. Um, and I just believe it's going to be a blessing we're building our faith on Tuesdays. I will specifically uh, lay to the Spirit of God to teach on the subject of healing and health and long life for a period of time. So every Tuesday in the Tuesday edition of our podcast, we're going to be teaching uh, on healing and health and long life and and God's vantage point when it comes to sickness and uh, when it comes to disease. And I just believe that your faith is going to rise. Your faith is going to grow and you're going to walk in the fullness of all God has for you to walk in. And it's going to be a blessing. I mean, it's going to be absolutely amazing. God's word is truth. God's word is alive. And it's just going to be great today. Well, you ready to get started? Let's get started. Hello, I'm Mike Moore. And welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. I'm doing a series entitled Sickness, Whose Report? Will you believe? That's a that's a good question. Sickness, whose report will you believe? I'm reminded of, of what Jesus said over in John chapter 10, verse 10. He says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. That word life comes from a Greek word, zoe, and it means the God quality of life. God's uh, quality of life is divine life. God wants us to have divine life. And guess what? Divine life will include healing, but we don't want to just stop at healing. We want to walk in divine health. I want to ask you a question. Why is it that most Christians don't walk in divine health? Why is that? I believe it's because we look, I believe it has to do with our perspective. I believe it has to do with our attitude. I believe it's because we view sickness 
as an inevitable quality or condition in life, kind of like change. Change is inevitable. Fall, spring, summer, winter, the seasons change. Aging is just a part of life. So some Christians see sickness like it's just a part of life. But listen, we want to renew our mind. <clears throat> we don't want to think of sickness as just an ordinary occurrence. We want to shoot for divine health. So we're talking from the subject sickness. Whose report will you believe? Specifically, our subtopic today is what's good about sickness. Think about that for a moment. What's good? about sickness. Well, I can answer that and you can answer that. Let's answer together. Nothing, nothing is good about being sick. Now, listen what it says in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20 in the New King James Version, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. When we look at that text, we can conclude several things. Number one, evil is evil and good is good. Evil is evil and good is good. You can't get good out of evil. And we shouldn't try to get good out of evil. And God does not use evil to bring good in your life. So get that straight in your thinking. Sickness, and this is the thought that I want you to meditate. I want you to meditate on this the rest of the lesson. Sickness is evil. Come on, say that with me. Sickness is evil. I want you to say that with me again. Sickness is evil. Come on, say it one more time. Sickness is evil. Now, we we're renewing the mind. We can't walk in the fullness of God's plan for our lives until our minds are renewed or our minds are in alignment with the way God thinks, and God thinks that sickness is evil. Now, the Old Testament, the Old Testament of the Bible is written in the Hebrew language. And when you look up the word evil in the Hebrew text, you'll find certain words like bad, harm, hurt, or that which causes misery, sorrow, or pain. Now, think about all the words in the Hebrew language connected to this word evil, bad, harm, hurt. So in the Bible, evil is that which causes misery, sorrow, and pain. I did some further study about this word evil. Sickness is evil. It's an evil Thing. I did some further study and listen at this statement. Evil itself is a perversion or corruption of something that was originally good, but is now missing something. I'm going to say that again. 
evil itself is a perversion or a corruption of something that was originally good, but is now missing something. Remember when God created the worlds and man, he said, it is good. But evil is a perversion, an alteration of something from its original state, a corruption. A corruption means to spoil or to damage. In other words, evil says that something is now missing. So as it relates to sickness, illness is a state where health is missing. Illness is a state where health is missing. Now, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, Paul is praying for the church at Thessalonica, and he said, the very God of peace, I pray the very God of peace, sanctify or set you apart holy, holy, not H-O-L-Y, but holy, entirely, completely, through and through. He said, I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the uh, contemporary English Bible says, may your spirit, soul, and body be kept healthy healthy and faultless until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice God wants your whole spirit, your whole soul, and your whole body to be kept in health or healthy and faultless until Jesus return. So it is God's plan for you that in your spirit, in your soul, and in your physical body, nothing be missing, nothing be broken, and nothing be lacking. So in this lesson, I want to establish from the word that sickness is an evil thing. Now, we, we got to look at it like that. Sickness is an evil thing. Say that sickness is an evil thing. And, and by the way, I have my iPad here. You can send in your questions. And at the end of this teaching, I'm going to answer your uh, questions. The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. So let's look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. In the New Living Translation, it says, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, remember when God created the earth and created man, everything was good. He says of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, don't eat for that from that tree. In other words, man experienced good, but God didn't want him to experience evil. Now, notice evil and death are connected. Now, it's interesting that that sickness came in on the hills of sin or on the hills of evil. Sickness is an evil thing. 
Now, I um I noticed something and I Googled something. I wanted to know what was the leading cause of death in the United States. The the 10 leading cause of death in the United States and eight out of 10 causes of death in the United States, the leading causes, top 10 causes of death in the United States uh, were sickness and disease. The other two causes was unintentional injury and suicide. So listen, in America, the major cause of death is sickness and disease. I also wanted to look at what was the major cause of death in the world, in the world. And I Google and I discovered that nine out of 10 deaths in the world was caused by sickness and disease. Uh, the only other uh, cause of of death, the world out of the 10 causes was a road injury. So it, it looks like statistically, most people die from sickness and disease. Most people in America and most people in the world die from sickness and disease. Now, what I want you to understand that from God's perspective, that's not God's plan for your life. That's not God's will. Just because it's common doesn't mean it's God's will because sickness is an evil thing. Sickness came in on the hills of sin. And the Bible says that God did not want man to know uh, good and evil. So sickness is an evil thing. And you should be believing for divine health, not just healing, divine health. Healing is great. If you're listening to me and you're challenged with sickness and disease, believe for your healing. And I'm going to give you enough word today to help you believe for your healing. But I want you to begin now not believing to just get sick and get healed, sick and get healed, sick and get healed. I want you to believe for divine health because divine health is God's will and plan for your life. Now, when I look at Deuteronomy, now Genesis 2.17 is our first proof text, but when I look at Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 15 in the King James Version, the Bible calls diseases evil. It says the evil diseases of Egypt, the evil diseases of Egypt, not the good diseases of Egypt. God said, I'll not allow these evil diseases of Egypt to come upon you. Not the good diseases, the evil diseases of Egypt. And it's interesting, the word evil in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 15, is the ha same Hebrew word that's used in Genesis 2, 17. Sickness is an evil thing. Another proof text is over in Psalms 41, verse 3 and verse 8. Now, I want you to listen to this. 
I'm going to read to you Psalms 41 in the third verse in the traditional King James Version. Then we're going to look at it in the NIV, and then we're going to look at it in the Message Bible. Now, I'm establishing in your mind that sickness is an evil thing. There's nothing good about being sick. God doesn't use sickness to bring something good out in your life. And it is not God's plan for you to die with sickness. Come on, say that. I will not die sick. Come on, say that. I will not die sick. Come on, let's say it like this. I will not die with sickness. I'm going to live a long time. Say this after me. I'm going to live a long time, and I'm going to fall asleep in Jesus with no sickness and disease. Come on, let's say that. I'm going to live a long time, and I'm going to just fall asleep in Jesus with no sickness and no disease. I believe, based off Scripture, that you can live your whole life in divine health. And I want you to believe for nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, nothing that you need is going to be taken out of your body, nothing that you need uh, are going to be missing from your body. Perfect chemical balance. Every part, every organ functioning perfect. Your blood, every part of your body, every joint, every nerve, every organ, every system, every vein, your senses functioning perfect. That's what we're believing for. We're believing for divine health because sickness is an evil thing. Now, listen at this, and I'll, I'll share with you why I keep telling you that. Now, look at Psalms 41, verse 3. And if, the, if you're challenged with sickness now, if you're in the hospital, if, if, if you are sick at home, listen to this. Verse 3, uh, Psalms 41, the King James Version says, The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. That word languishing is sickness. So we'll read it like that. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of sickness. Thou will make all his bed in sickness. I'll read that again, and we're going we're gonna to dissect that verse. The Lord will strengthen him. Maybe you're challenged now. Maybe you got a positive diagnosis uh, of the of a virus. May, maybe you have some other medical condition or cancer or heart disease or high blood pressure or diabetes. Maybe you have some other condition. Listen at this. And maybe you're you're disabled at this point in your life and you're listening to this. God is sending his word to heal you. Now listen at this. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. God will strengthen him upon the bed of sickness. Thou will make all his bed in his sickness. 
Now that word make, it says that the Lord will make all his bed in his sickness. Now listen to that. The Lord will make all his bed in his sickness. Now listen at this. The word make means to overturn. It means to change. The word make means to transform. The word make means to turn around. Turn around. God is saying, even though you may be challenged with sickness right now, maybe you may be on the bed of sickness. Maybe you may be in the hospital. Maybe you have had a, a, a negative diagnosis. But listen at this. The Bible says that the Lord will make all his bed in his sickness or he will turn it around. God said, I'll turn that situation around. I'll change it from sickness to health. I'll, I'll transform your condition where you may be sick. You, you may have pain. You may be in a situation now. God said, I'll transform that sickness to health. Now, the NIV in that third verse, Psalms 41, verse 3 says, the Lord will sustain him on his sickbed and restore him from his bed of illness. The Bible said the Lord will restore you from your bed of illness. We're talking about healing now. We're going to move from healing, and we got to move into divine health, but God wants you healed. The Message Bible is a very uh, powerful uh, uh, explanation of the third verse. It says, whenever we're sick and in bed, God will become our nurse and nurse us back to health. I like that. Don't you like that? I'll say that again. It says, whenever we're sick and in bed, God will become our nurse and nurse us back to health. Nurse us back to health. God wants us healthy. But the Bible says, whenever we're sick and in bed, and maybe you're sick, maybe you're in bed, the Bible says, God will become your nurse. Isn't that powerful? He will become your nurse, and then he'll nurse you back to health. Now, the reason I turn to this particular text really was about the eighth verse. Psalms 41, verse 8. And in Psalms 41, verse 8, sickness is referred again to an evil disease. So over in Deuteronomy 7, 15, Deuteronomy 7, 15, sickness is referred to the evil diseases of Egypt. And again, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, Sickness and disease is referred to as evil in Psalms 41.8. It says evil diseases. You know what's interesting, listener? Nowhere in the scriptures, nowhere in the Bible does it say that sickness is good. That sickness is good. You won't find good connected to sickness because there's nothing good about being sick. Now, I'm not saying you're not a good person. I'm not saying you did anything wrong. I'm talking about the condition, the condition. There is nothing good 
about being sick. Evil is evil. Good is good. God does not use good evil to get good out of it. And God does not put something on evil on you to get something good. Sickness and disease is an evil thing. Now, let's look at let's look at one last one last proof text. And it's found in Luke chapter 16. Jesus tells a story. Some people think it was a parable, but it wasn't a parable. I don't believe it's a parable because in parables, God never called individuals by name in parables. So what Jesus is doing is giving us a a view of hell, a view into the spirit world about two individuals who had died. And it says there was a certain rich man who was clothed. This is in Luke chapter 16. It was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and linen. And it says that he fared sumptuously. And then it says there was a, a, a beggar named Lazarus. So notice Jesus is calling the name of this person. So we know this is not a parable. This is a real life situation. He says that there was a beggar named Lazarus. And the Bible says he was laid daily at the gate of the rich man. And the Bible says that his body was full of sores. So we have two things in juxtaposition. We have this rich man who was clothed in purple, fine linen, fair sumptuously. He ate plenty. He was doing well. He was wealthy. And then we have this beggar who uh, obviously poor. That's why he was a beggar and he was full of sores and he was at the gate or laid at the gate of the rich man. And the Bible says he was desiring to eat the crumbs that fell from the rich man table and the dogs would come and lick his sores. So this man is in, in, in bad shape. So both of the men died. Both of them died. The beggar, Lazarus, died, and he went to Abraham's bosom. Now, there, before Jesus died and, and was resurrected from the dead, there was a place in the center of the earth called Shaul, and there were two compartments, or Hades, there were two compartments, and there was a place of comfort, and there was a place of torment. Now, we all know that when Jesus came and died, defeated Satan, and was raised from the dead, he transferred this place of comfort to heaven. But in that day, when they died, they went, both persons went to hell or Hades, but one place was a place of comfort and the other place department was a place of torment. So the Bible says that the beggar died, went to Abraham's bosom in this place of comfort. And uh, the, the rich man died and the Bible says he went to the place of torment. 
he lifted up his eyes and he was in hell, tormented in a flame. So he looked. This is all in the spirit world. Jesus allowing us to see into the spirit world. So he looked and he saw Abraham in this other area, the place of comfort, and he saw Lazarus. And he was still used to telling people what to do. So he said, Abraham, I want you to tell Lazarus. Now, he, he, he trying to tell folk what to do, and he's in hell. I want you to tell Lazarus to dip his finger in water and come and cool my tongue because I'm tormented in this flame. Well, Abraham didn't answer, couldn't answer that because there was a gulf that separated them. But I want you to listen to what Abraham said in the 25th verse. Now, remember, sickness is an evil thing. He's answering the man. The man in hell is asking in torment. He's asking Abraham, who's in a place of comfort, Lazarus in a place of comfort. This man in torment is asking Abraham to send Lazarus, dip his finger in water and cool his tongue. Abraham answers him, answered this man in the 25th verse. And this is what he said. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime, you received good things. Now let's stop right there. He said, now in your lifetime, you received good things. When we look at the text, we see the good things that the man experienced. It's, it's obvious that he was healthy and there was no indication that he had any kind of sickness. And it's obvious that he was wealthy. The Bible says he fared sumptuously. So this man enjoyed health, he enjoyed prosperity, he enjoyed wealth, and the Bible calls those things good things. Now, listen at this. He says, son, remember that in your lifetime, you receive your good things. Likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But he is comforted and you're tormented. Now, notice what it says. This is this is this is a real life situation. Abraham said to this man in hell, remember, in your lifetime, you receive good things. So we conclude based off scripture that health and prosperity and wealth and material provision are good things. But he says, and Lazarus in his lifetime received evil things. All we have to do is go to the text. Just go to the text. The Bible says he was a beggar. He was desiring to eat just the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. What's that? That's poverty. The Bible says he was full of souls and the dog dogs came and just licked his souls. What was that? Sickness. So when we see in scripture, in scripture, that poverty and sickness are evil things. So 
I notice here that I have a comment. You can send your questions here and I'll answer your questions. Uh, thank you for sending your questions. Now, listen, we looked at Genesis 7, 217. God says of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He, he said, I don't want you to eat from that. Well, sickness came in, so sickness had to be evil. In Psalm 715, the Bible says the evil diseases of Egypt. In Psalms 41.8, the Bible refers to disease as an evil disease. And here in Luke chapter 16, verse 25, we see that poverty and sickness are evil things. Now, I am trying to establish the fact that sickness is evil and that it's an evil thing. Now, now think about that. The word evil means bad, harm, hurt, that which causes misery, sorrow, and pain. It's an evil thing. I'm working on your perspective, my perspective, I'm working on your attitude, I'm working on your disposition. We have to get away from this thing. Sickness is just inevitable. It's just a part of life. We're all going to be sick sometime. God will work it out. God will bring us through it. and God will help us or improve us. God is teaching us. God God is is perfecting us. No, 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 no. We We can't play with this. We can't play with sickness and disease. We can't. We can't be be indifferent toward it. We we know we can't be indifferent. We can't be indifferent. This is spiritual warfare. This is an evil thing. It's it's evil. You're going from one sickness to another sickness, and 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 you have accepted that condition. You have accepted an evil condition in your life and you think it's just a part of your journey it's just a part of your cross it's just just what you have to go through now no no there's something broken if you're going from sickness to sickness to sickness something is broken something is missing something is lacking and that is not God's plan for your life God's plan for your life is health 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 God wants you to be healthy. Now, in order to receive what God wants us to receive, we have to renew our minds and we have to align our thinking with Jesus. I'm going somewhere with this now. I know I'm plod my way. I know you keep saying it's an evil thing. I don't, I, I got that. It's an evil thing. Okay, well, let's go further. And I see I have a question here. I got a question. Thank you for your question. It's a good question. I'm going to get to that in a, in a, in a, at the end of this. Now, let's look at Jesus' attitude towards sickness. Let's look at how he views sickness because he's our leader. We're to follow in his footsteps. Let's see how he approached it. In Luke chapter 4, verse 38 and 39, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. I'm going to read it from the New King James Version, Luke 4, 38, 39. It says, now he, Jesus, arose from the synagogue, 
and entered Simon's house. Simon is Peter. He entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother, that's Simon's or Simon Peter's mother-in-law. So we know Peter was married. His mother-in-law, his wife's mother, the Bible says, was sick. And it says she was sick with a high fever. And they made a request of him concerning her. So he, Jesus, stood over her. Now watch this. He stood over her. She's got this high fever. You read other texts. She's laid out in the bed. She's laid out in the bed. She got this high fever. He stood over her and rebuked the fever. Now, listen at that. He rebuked the fever. Now, when you read in that same chapter, Luke 4, Jesus confronted a, uh, there was a demon nice man, a man who had demons in him in the church, in the synagogue. And the Bible says he rebuked the demon. He rebuked the demon. But here, it doesn't say this woman had a demon. It says this woman had a high fever. But notice he treats the high fever the same way he treats the demon. You better listen to me. He treated the, the high fever the same way he treated the demon. I'm going to say that again. He treated the fever, this high fever, the same way he he treated uh, the demon. Now watch this. Jesus stood over her. Thank you. I see another question. Thank you. Send your questions in. Your questions help me to fill in the gap. Now watch this. He stood over her and he rebuked the fever. He rebuked the fever. I rebuke you. I rebuke you. He rebuked the fever. Watch this. And it left her. Now watch this. In the same chapter, there was the demonized man. He rebuked that spirit, commanded it to go, and it left. Now notice, he rebuked the fever. It left her. And immediately she arose and served them. Now, there's several things we got to get from that. Here's this lady. She's sick. She's laid sick. She's bedridden sick with this high fever. And notice all her life now is about her sickness. She can't go to church. She can't uh, go to work. She can't uh, uh, go to the grocery store. She, she can't uh, feed her children. She can't do anything. She's incapacitated, incapacitated, lay and sick of a high fever. And notice Jesus stood over her, rebuked that fever, and it left. And immediately she got up. Now notice she's healthy now. So now she can serve them. Now she can serve Jesus. Now she can go about her life because health is good. Health allows us to function. It allows us to operate in life. It allows us to serve Jesus. It allows us to witness it. allow us to expand the kingdom when we have a healthy body. But I want to deal with that word rebuke because I'm dealing with your attitude 
I'm dealing with your disposition. I'm looking, I'm dealing with the way you approach this sickness thing. Let's look at that word rebuke for just a moment. The word rebuke is not a, a mild expression. It, it, it's, it's not, now you go fever. Now you know you don't have any business here. Now you stop it. That that's a mild. No, it's a strong expression. That word rebuke is a strong expression of disapproval. It means to forbid. It, it's a strong, harsh reprimand. In fact, I can imagine in my own mind, Jesus walked in there and, and they said, will you pray for, um, will you pray for, uh, you pray for uh, Peter's mother-in-law? I can see Jesus walking in that room now looking at that uh, person with that high fever. And this is how I see Jesus doing it. Now you fever, you go. Get out of her body. Get out of her body right Go right now. Now, that's, that's a strong expression of disapproval. It's a strong what you doing here? You have no business here. Get out. Get out. No. No. These are strong expressions of disapproval. It means to forbid. It means it's a strong, harsh reprimand. So think about it. We understand why he talked so harsh to the demon. We understand that. This is an evil personality. Thank you for your questions. It, this is an evil personality. So you expect him to say, go, Satan. Go, Satan. Why? Because you're dealing with an evil personality. You know that. Jesus dealt with sickness the same way. He looked at sickness the same way. He saw the sickness as an evil thing. And that's why he rebuked it. A strong expression of disapproval. No. A strong, a strong, harsh reprimand. Because he understood the nature of what was happening in her body. He knew that that fever was a form of corruption. He knew that it was a perversion. He, it, it, he knew that Satan had altered her condition. And that's the way he approached sickness and disease. You see, Jesus said, and I quoted this earlier in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. To steal, kill, and destroy, but I'm come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Now, steal, kill, and destroy. So sickness is a thief. It steals your health. It steals your time. It steals your money. It steals your happiness. It steals your ability to serve. It steals your future. It can abort God's plan for your life. It steals from the caregiver. Sickness is a thief, but it not only is it a thief, a thief, it is a sinister attack against God's temple. 
the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, that we're the temple of God. Sickness in your body is an attack on God's temple. Now, what is this as I close this out? And I'm going to answer your questions in just a moment. As I close this out, what was this about? Why did I go through? Why did I go through this? Why did I? I mean, why did I? I mean, sickness is an evil thing. This scripture is an evil disease. Sickness is an evil. He, I mean, why? Why? Because attitude and perspective matters. I'm convinced that the reason why many Christians don't walk in divine health is because our attitude and our perspective of sickness is totally opposite to Jesus. We, you know, Jesus would treat a cold the same way he would treat cancer. Jesus would treat a headache the same way he would treat a tumor. Ooh. Ooh, my hay fever acting up. See, see there, see, see how you see how you treat that. Oh, bless you, bless you. Oh yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You see how you how you treated that. You see how you treat that headache. It, oh yeah, now it it'll be over in a little while. See you. Your attitude is such that it is just the way life should be. Every certain part of the year you just <laughs> nose gonna run this gonna happen head gonna sweat see your attitude about it if your attitude is an attitude of acceptance your attitude there's no true resistance you've accommodated it you've accepted it now i said this last week toleration gives permission even if it's a consent of ignorance I also said that that powerlessness is a myth. Until you get angry, until you start resisting colds the same way you will resist the cancer, resist the sneeze the same way, uh, until you start resisting that condition, it's never going to go away. It's going to greet you every spring, every fall, every summer. Whenever pollen come out, it gonna keep, it, it's going to greet you. Because we have accommodated. We've said that this is my condition. See, the, the, the series, and I'll close with this, the series is sickness. Whose report will you believe? Whose report? Who says you got to be with? You have to tolerate that the rest of your life. Who says this is going to be your condition? Who says you got to go through this every year? Who says you got to go from one sickness to another sickness? Who says that? Whose report are you going to believe? Now, I, I'm encouraging, I'm a pastor, and I'm encouraging 
uh, my members to get in the word, listen to healing at least once a week. We have a, a, a free app, Faith Chapel. Go to faithchapel.net and you can download the free app. And then I have a mini book called Healing is for All. And listen, you can uh, order the go to mikemoreministry.org and order this mini book, Healing is for All. But you got to get the word in you. We're going to come right back here uh, in, in our next Tuesday edition. We're going to be talking about this same kind of subject to build your faith. Uh, before I answer the questions, I want you to get ready for my Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast every Thursday night from 7 to 7.30 Central Standard Time, just 30 minutes. That will be 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Oh, you have to look in your time zone, but it's 7 o'clock Central for just 30 minutes. And I'm teaching on toxic relationships. My subject is going to be what others can see, but you can't. So I want you to get ready this Thursday night at 7. I want you to share it. Get ready. And we're going to bless you this Thursday. Listen, I got some questions. I thank you so very much. I want to look at some of the questions. Uh, the first question, then I'll, I'll get the comment last. Is covid is COVID judgment on the world? No, I don't believe that COVID is judgment on the world. I believe that COVID comes under the curse. I believe that the curse is in the earth. Uh, I, I believe that uh, it is uh, no different than uh, diseases that have happened in the past. It's a little longer. Uh, we, we need to stand against it. I don't believe that God is judging the world. I don't believe it at all. I believe it's a virus and I believe that it's temporary. And I don't believe we're going to go into the millennium with COVID-19. Uh, do you think it is our initial ignorance to what sickness and disease is being evil that causes us to become sick? Well, there's a lot of reasons why we are. Uh, we get sick. Some can be diet. Some can be um, not taking care of our bodies. Some can be just an attack of Satan. We didn't do anything. He's just trying to attack us. We're in a cursed world. There's an enemy. He will try to challenge us. But I believe that there's a place of, of divine help. And I do believe that there's Jesus, you know, the scripture says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So I, I do believe that this ignorance of the condition uh, has put us in a state of non-resistance. For me, and maybe for some of you, what I said today was a revelation. Think about how many people resist colds. How many people really resist headaches? How many people see that headache or that sneeze or that cold as an evil thing? Not most people. Most people don't even view it like that. So really, our toleration is giving permission, even though it is a consent of ignorance. Even though we don't know we are giving permission, it is a consent of ignorance. Um, next question of uh, 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 can you explain premature death if it is to be? Well, that's a good question, but it's an entirely 
uh, another subject, and maybe because you asked the question, I'll deal with it. But the Bible says in Psalms 91, with long life, I will satisfy you. The Bible says in, in Ecclesiastes 7, 17, why should you die before your time? The Bible says in Proverbs 10 and in other places that you can do certain things to shorten your life and you can do certain things to prolong your life. So that if the Bible says that with long life, I'll satisfy you. Uh, Job says you'll go to your grave in a, a, a in a old age. Then that tells me and you, us, that long life is available. I believe it's possible, and maybe we'll get into that, to die an untimely death. I believe it's possible to die a premature death. I'm going to go so far as to say I believe most people die prematurely. Now, I'm not talking about their status and whether they have value, whether they love God and whether they're in heaven or not. I'm not talking about that. I believe that most people, including Christians, die prematurely. I believe that. I really believe that. Um, can we pray for someone too sick to pray for themselves and get results. Yeah, I believe that beyond a shadow of a doubt. I believe that we can lay hands on the sick. And I think, I think sometimes we get caught up in the results. I think our assignment is to preach the word. And sometimes you can preach to a person that's too sick to pray for themselves, but they can hear you. Sometimes people can hear you in a comatose state. So it's our job to share them what Jesus did. He bore our sickness, carried our pains. And our job is to lay hands on the sick and command them to be well. And then we trust God for the results. But yes, we're supposed to lay hands on the sick. And I believe they'll get well. Uh, I got a couple of comments. One comment says, thank you for this word. Uh, this mind renewal. Another comment says, Pastor Mike, this is good teaching because you hear people say when a person dies from a sickness, it must have been the will of God for their life. Because if God wanted them healed, they would not have died. They say this was just a person's time. Well, you know, I'll say something about that as I close. People have this erroneous belief that the will of God is automatic. They have this belief that if God wants people to be well and heal, he'll heal them. If God wants people to die, they'll die. So, so really, it's all about God. And that's so inconsistent with everything we receive, see in the life of Jesus. He would say, according to your faith, be it unto you. The, your faith has made you whole. Jesus didn't walk around and said, now listen, if God wants you well, you're going to get well. And if God wants you to die, you're going to die. You don't see Jesus doing that. That's re religious tradition. That's religious tradition. So we try to answer something that we don't understand rather than seeking God. We try to answer something out of human logic, human reasoning. Well, since the person died, then it must have not been God's will because God is sovereign. Now, let me throw some heavy at you right quick. God is sovereign. 
That means he's above everybody. He's, an, he's answerable to nobody. That means he can do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. But in his sovereignty, he chose to give man free will. He chose to operate in the earth through partnership. You said, for real? Yeah, the Bible says that ask and it shall be given. Well, if it's going to be given without me asking, why do I have to ask? If it's, if it's going to be God's will, why tell me to ask? The Bible says, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, you believe you receive. Well, if, if, if my believing is irrelevant and if I'm going to live, if God wants me to live, I'm going to die. If God wants me to die, then What's the use in giving me a Bible? What is the use of giving me faith? What is the use of telling me to believe if it's all on him? No, sovereignty does not preclude human choice. God gave men free will. He gave men prayer. He said, pray that the, the father will send labors into the harvest. Well, won't you just send them into the harvest? You know they need to hear. No, God told us to pray. God instructed us to believe. He said, you have not because you ask not. Well, what difference does it make? It makes a lot of a difference. Listen, you sent some great questions. I enjoyed our time. We're going to come right back here next week in this Tuesday edition, and we're going to keep talking about this sickness, and we're going to renew our mind so that we will walk in divine health. I thank you so very much, and I'll see you this Thursday at the Thursday edition.